2: Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Team
0: two. Team two. Team, Does anyone here know the lyrics?
2: Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. So With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming March 14th only on Disney Plus. <laughs>
1: House of the Dragon Season 1 Episode 9 The Green Council as well as Game of Thrones Season 1 Episode 9 Baelor, both are over. We're just getting started. Pitting them against each other here in the House of the Dragons versus Game of Thrones podcast here on Fosha Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler, and I am joined here by the Stark who still has her head,
3: mm-hmm. LaTanya! For now, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't like that. Who knows who plots against me? Am I paranoid or am I just preparing?
1: I have warned you on many times not to trust me. That's Uh, true. You have. My goodness gracious. Our first
3: conversation, you were like, Hi, my name is Josh.
0: Do yes. not trust me. Do
1: not trust me, but, you know, maybe rely upon me until uh, until such t- turns as I, as a review. I don't know. I was gonna rely say upon. Some, yeah. yeah, rely upon me. Oh, my God. I'm just, like, a little bit uh, flummoxed with the fact that we're here. Like, this episode is really the reason why we are here on so many levels. Literally, we have to podcast about it. It's week yep. nine. We have uh, to. Got to do it in week nine. But I'm talking specifically about... The Game of Thrones episode that we have reached this week that begins the tradition of a blazing penultimate Game of Thrones episode each and every season. Mm. House of the Dragon, is it doing the same thing? Is it not? We'll talk about that here on the podcast. But I really think, LT, in talking things through this week, I feel like we should start with the fact that the reason we are talking about House of the Dragon at all, that this show even exists... It's so easy to talk about the Red Wedding as like the big transformative moment of of Game of Thrones. But this is really like, this is the calling card. It's the death of Ned Stark.
3: And without it, I don't think that we're here talking about GOT. No, we're definitely not. That death did something that I don't believe had ever been done before in television. Where, or even a lot of movies, uh, other than maybe the Scream franchise, (laughs) where it took... The person that we thought was going to be the main character, who was the upstanding, you know, steadfast, loyal person whose family we focus on, and they just chop off his head in episode nine, not even in the season finale. Yeah. It is wild. It set a precedent for so much ridiculous t- television going forward and for people who are creative to take a lot more risks. And it also made us as an audience really wary of how we watch TV going forward.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think it really didn't just change Game of Thrones, which it very clearly obviously did to the point that like you get deeper into Game of Thrones. and I feel like you kind of almost forget that this happened uh, because the story takes you in so many different directions that like. You much like the Stark children, like you don't have time to really mourn Ned anymore. There's just too right. much happening, um, but it obviously completely, uh, you know, levels the playing field and and starts things all over again. And really, uh, you know, it's so, it's such a trite thing to keep saying. I feel like, but it kind of like repilots Game of Thrones in yes. in many ways is the death of Ned Stark. But I think you're totally right. That's sort of in the way that. Tony Soprano kind of changes TV by existing and then mm-hmm. we enter the anti-hero age that we have not completely even gotten out of yeah I feel like the death of Ned Stark ends up being this catalyst for your show has to contain something that is just going to be utterly unabashedly shocking for everybody to encounter otherwise mm-hmm. what's the point point? Exactly. and sort of in the same way that like Lost popularizes the mystery box TV show and you get a bunch of like really stupid Lost clones that come out of that. Um, I don't know if you get like Ned Stark clones necessarily, LT, <laughs> which, by the way, would let's, be an insufferable lot.
3: I was going to say, let's hope not.
1: <laughs> Just like a, a murder of Ned Stark's. I don't need that. I think that that's fine. a siphon of Starks. I don't need all of those clones. Uh, send them to Lumen Industries. Um, <laughs> but I I don't know that it like it necessarily started like this whole trend where every single show had to like kill its main character before the first no. season was over. But I can think of a few examples of a few shows that I don't want to spoil for people yeah, where there's exactly. like similar levels of uh, of impact that that happen that feel very Ned Starkian. So, for I'm sure. Really, I'm really excited that we're here. Like, I've really, you know, a big part of wanting to do the Versus project to begin with LT was like to talk about this one specifically.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, aside from getting to talk with you every week, uh, that was a really big reason that I wanted to do this as well, because I can't imagine how wild it must have been to be podcasting during that time when it was airing live and to say you didn't have screeners and just right. all of a sudden, on your television screen you know with just as much shock and awe as the people who are gathered there have Ned Stark's head is taken by Illyon Payne. Yeah. It's just wild. With his
1: own freaking sword. With his
3: own sword, his own massive sword. And his daughters are there. Uh you know, he's able to make it so that Arya doesn't have to watch, but Sansa is standing right there as it happens, protesting. Even Cersei is telling Joffrey, this is not something that you should be doing. But I think, as we'll learn, uh, and is evident also in house of the dragon it's really hard to keep your freaks on a leash
1: (laughs) yeah cue the song uh (laughs) for sure uh so we'll talk about house of the dragon we'll talk about game of thrones of course we hope you are subscribed to this podcast the house of the dragon podcast feed make sure you are if you are not yet just search house of the dragon post show recaps wherever you get your podcasts House of the Dragon post show recaps, a rating, a review, tremendously appreciated by you if you've got the time to, uh, to, to write one, to click a couple of stars, ideally five of them. This would be really helpful and appreciated by myself, LT, and the rest of the hardworking folks here on post show recap. So we're ostensibly talking about the Green Council. We're going to end up talking a lot about that as well as Baylor. We've been talking about the Green Council. All week long, just to quickly set the stage of what happens in Baylor uh, so that we make sure that we cover it all as much as we can. First of all, directed by Alan Taylor, who is going to be joining the director team of House of the Dragon in season two, Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe his most recent Game of Thrones episode I don't know if he did anything in the final season of Game of Thrones. I know that he directed the Beyond the Wall episode yes. um, of Game of Thrones. And I believe that, that yes, that is his final episode of Game of Thrones, which was his first episode of Game of Thrones since season two. So Alan Taylor, a mainstay for seasons one and two, comes back for season seven, is going to be returning for House of the Dragon in its second season.
3: And has done some amazing work in other series. He did... He has- also killed people who I'm not She-Hulk and I'm not going to
1: name. Uh, I'm not going to be that monster. Uh, I'm not going to be Kevin Feige greenlighting huge Soprano spoilers, (laughs) for instance. But if people yeah, died you, on HBO and you,
3: and you liked them, <laughs> Alan Taylor may or may not have been responsible. Exactly, it was yeah. that was a wild moment of television where they just spoiled The Sopranos. Horrible,
1: unbelievably ridiculous. Anyway, so this is what happens in Baylor. Uh, in Baylor, let's start with Daenerys. Daenerys uh, is going to see Khal Drogo is very sick from the wound he sustained in last week's episode. Which, by the way, LT you, Gia, and Grace held it down. I'm really thrilled that I listened to it for a lot of reasons. Gia's takes were great. And her versus Daenerys was especially wonderful. (laughs) Uh, And I'm especially glad I listened because I would have been deeply confused if I looked at the spreadsheet. It was like, grandpa Joe, what are you doing here? It's like, okay, I got it. I'm good. I understand. I get the reference. And I also love that he is uh, Joe on uh, Dave. I can't Girls.
3: believe that that's what Grace wrote down. Yeah. A spreadsheet.
1: It's like, wait, what? Uh, so I got it. I'm clear. I'm ready good. to go. Uh, so, Cal Drogo, he's still injured and it's festering and it's getting worse. And the, it's his the- fault. It sure is, uh, and the Kalasar is starting to to rage and to come undone. And one of his blood riders is thinking about, uh, you know, taking this on himself. Danny is able to kind of, uh, you know, get Drogo into some measure of safety. They're going to have to enlist Miri Mazdoor to do her blood magic thing, which sounds ominous. Just in saying blood magic, but really sounds ominous when you hear what's happening in the tent. Uh, Jorah Mormont. He's gonna armor up. He's gonna. You should wear your armor tonight, sir. I think you're right, Uh So he's gonna wear his armor. Uh, he's gonna be able to to best uh, Kotho in in combat. Uh, Kotho like tries to like hook him through the side, yeah. which made me feel like Kotho maybe not so good at this like you should have been able to tell like that wasn't gonna
3: work i got some real hellraiser vibes from from that uh hooking through the side thing oh
1: gosh yeah Yeah. uh are are you saying like the hellraiser victims should have been wearing armor
3: maybe i don't know if it would have helped as they are supernatural beings that can do whatever they want but true, the cenobites yeah Yeah. the cenobites
1: i hope that some cenobites uh burst out of the ground rainies on dragon back style (laughs) By the end of House of the Dragon. I think some of these people deserve- They got to uh, do
3: something, right? Some these they got to call this
1: The pain box or whatever the hell that's called. I oh just watched gosh. Hellraiser for the first
3: time pretty recently. Did you? Woo, my goodness. The original or the, the first new one? The first two. The first, okay. two, the the first two. haven't yeah. seen the
1: new one. haven't seen the new one yet.
3: New one's pretty good
1: uh so daenerys is uh gonna say like help help my husband and then she's also not doing well uh she starts to go into premature labor uh she's told to go into the tent Miri masdour will help you and it's like oh no don't go into the tent no but we'll see what happens on the other side of that in the finale coming next week uh meanwhile at the wall we finally get the reveal maester aemon is a targaryen uh so uh I don't know that we have a category LT for Eamon versus Eamon. Um, <laughs> I think at least this week I would give it to Eamon because I don't know how many opportunities we get. Right. Um, but he's basically going to tell John like, yeah, you know, the Mad King was going, you know, haywire. And I was up here at the wall. And what do you think I did? I stayed. Yeah. I have a responsibility, uh, you know. Uh, Hakuna Matata. You know? uh, John
3: just <laughs> bitching like yes. you don't know what I've been through. You don't, you don't, don't know it. what it's like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has just been John Snow for a little while now. Yes. Uh, so he he's really bummed out that he's not able to join the war effort, even though he gets a cool Valyrian sword this week. That's Great not sword. A word.
3: Yeah, ridiculously wonderful sword with a, a with a wonderful hilt that has yes. been changed from a bear.
1: Yes, uh, which I feel bad for Jorah, uh, kind of, you know, like, man, Jorah will be fine
3: until he's not.
1: Long term, he won't be fine, by the way. Uh, Just to be totally clear about that. Long term, he's not going to make it. Um, Meanwhile, Rob Stark is kicking butt on the war effort of his own. Um, He and his troops, they've crossed the twins. He is engaged to Walder Frey's daughter or one of them. He gets to choose. Obviously, that's going to go a certain way. We will not be uh, clocking that until, gosh, it'll probably be 2026 or so when you and I are doing the Battle of the Seasons 3. Three on House of the Dragon wow. versus Game of Thrones. Wild. Um, so let's hang on that long at okay. least, right? Yeah, we can exactly. hold tight. We can hold tight. We can just hit. Gotta that.
3: just gotta live a little while longer, a little longer to get
1: to that red wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna see the Lannister camp, and we're gonna see Tyrion, who's been enlisted to go to the vanguard, and he is going to meet Shay, who Bron has taken from a guy a few tents down, who had something to say about it. Oh, oh man, You're God. Shay
3: Shay's on the show, LT. Shay is on the show. Drink, and... <laughs> drink. drink, drink. Yes. Uh, Do not I... talk about my mother and father again. Drink. I just, I, did we? Is there in the book? Is there more about Shay? I feel like we don't know anything about Shay
1: ever. I don't know about Shay's backstory in the book. Um, but Shay's—I mean—a really big part of the you know portions of the books that she's around for. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean uh Shay gets a lot to do on the show while she is still sticking around. So this is a big introduction, whether or not you care about Shay. Um Tyrion tells her uh to to F me like it's my last night on Earth, which it very well might be. And then he says, As long as you're with me, you'll have protection. And I'm surprised Shay doesn't say like so for just the night. Yeah, just <laughs> potentially just
3: for the next several hours yes, I'll the next be protected the hour. until another man comes and steals me yes to bring me to your to a different rich man to team. go like three more tents that way right yeah
1: they play the drinking game the sort of like never have i ever uh, right. i'm a sucker for this on a show when sawyer and kate did it you know this is good yeah. stuff happy about that it's good um, stuff
3: in life too we
1: totally bypass a war scene, uh, cause Tyrion gets knocked out and that is the show's like creative way of being like, we has no budget. We but have they, no
3: budget. Let's make it, do it let's make it seem like he's entering Valhalla a la uh gladiator mm-hmm. because yes. we don't have the budget.
1: So we don't even get to see the Hill Tribes at war. We get to see the Hill Tribes in the aftermath of war. I was thinking, uh, I know that you were all talking about, uh, man, House of the Hills, you know, would have been would have been a great prequel. I don't know mm-hmm. about that, but <laughs> I do kind of feel like, you know, man, with like a few additional episodes towards mm-hmm. the final stretch of Game of Thrones, we could have like strung this thing out for like, I don't know, let's add – Let's add, like, I don't know, like 10 episodes. You want to call it? You want to say like an additional 10 episodes of Game of Thrones somewhere uh-huh. in there? I feel like you get Tyrion goes back to like the hill tribes and is like, there's White Walkers coming. Exactly. I'll give you full battle axes, Shaga. I know. You know? Shaga
3: loves axes, uh, a fantastic band name.
1: Uh loves axes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be great. It would It'd be, be really great.
3: Cool. I mean, just ten more episodes would have taken care of so many. A lot, issues. a lot.
1: I think. I really think a lot could be solved. Not everything, uh, mm-hmm. but some things could be solved with like just throw a few more in there. Stay up, D and D. Wake up, wake up. Yeah. You know, just like get them on, just a little more energy. You're Uh, never
3: going to make a Star Wars. You're not going to make the Star
1: Wars. No, nothing to rush towards. No. That other one you're really never going to make. Like, (laughs) stay here. Eyes on me. Focus.
3: Like, literally, you just ended up making a movie about a, a misfit child band. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what you've done. That's it.
1: They've got other stuff coming. I don't know how good I it's gonna be, but we'll see when it gets here. Anyway, we bypass the war scene. Tywin Lannister has the great line of like, "All scouts were wrong. There were only two thousand, not twenty thousand. And where's rob Stark with his other eighteen thousand men?" How's and Tyrion has the great line where he goes, "And where are they?" <laughs> And then we cut, and we see that Rob Stark has pwned Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Uh, he has captured the Kingslayer. The Kingslayer wants to fight him in a one-on-one, like, you and me on the basketball court, yep. one-on-one. Uh, dunk contest. For your
3: heart. hmm And Rob <laughs> says,
1: no, sir, with yeah. an E. Uh, we do it that way, I'm going to lose. Baseball's my game. Uh, so they captured <laughs> Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister is going to spend a full season in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's quite enough, but it is what we'll get. Uh, and he's also going to feel really bad. He sent 2,000 people to their death. He's going to feel a certain kind of way about that, He star. will. Um, and then we do the King's Landing dance. Uh, we do the inevitable. We walk the plank here. Uh, we're going to have initially Ned Stark with Varys. We're going to have this uh, conversation once again of. Uh, you know, the, the we, we already got the I serve the realm uh, mm-hmm. spiel from Varys. Varus, once again, the only friend Ned Stark has left, is basically going to implore him, who cares about your honor? Forget your honor. Your daughters are in danger. If you do right. not confess, they'll kill you anyway, and they might kill your kids. So we get the whole Ned Stark being walked out to the Sept of Baelor, which does not yet exist uh, at this moment in House of the Dragon. Uh, Exactly. This this is not a thing. The Dragon Pit, I think, is sort of our Sept of Baelor uh, on the House of the Dragon side of the line this week. Um, He is going to be walked up to the Sept of Baelor. He's going to see Arya standing at the statue of Baelor. He's very luckily going to clock Yoren of the Night's Watch on Mm -hmm. his way. And he's going to say, Baelor! Uh, Yorin knows to go there. Ned confesses uh, to treason. This is sort of, uh, you know, House of the Dragon has the coronation this week. Game of Thrones has the execution. Uh, yes. Ned confesses, seems like it's all going well. Joffrey says, uh, My mother wishes to show him mercy, and my sweet Sansa does as well. And then he says a line that I've never forgotten. But they have the soft hearts of women.
3: It's just insane. Wild line. They have the soft hearts. The soft hearts of of women. women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just physiologically incapable because of soft-heartedness.
1: Soft-ass hearts. Uh, You soft-hearted women uh so joffrey says i've got a hard heart of a man yeah Uh, and so i'm gonna have another guy lift up that huge heavy sword exactly that dude's head off ellen bring bring me me his his head head. Mm mm-hmm uh and that is exactly what is going to happen is all hell breaks loose everyone uh on the other side of the tv screen on your first watch through if you haven't read the book if you're unspoiled you're like wait what this isn't gonna happen who's gonna swoop in and help him exactly. and that's like looking out and the sound is drowned out and then he bows his head and you're still waiting like where's the stray arrow that's gonna knock him in pain right. in the face doesn't come swings no. the sword down you know it's made contact the birds scatter Plenty of crazy theories at the time that Ned warged into one of the birds. Oh, right. Didn't I do remember that. that. No, he, he didn't. No. He just died. Uh, Would have been that, cool, a
3: lot cooler if he did, but that, he didn't. That is
1: Baylor, and it is. The game changer, and not to go too far down the road here of what we have to do here today, Latanya. But the of old course, town we are, are going to go down the old Kingstown Road, uh, where we are going to eventually do some superlatives here. And mm-hmm. I just don't know why we are going to have a conversation later that we can have right now on two different fronts. Yeah. One, clearly, Game of Thrones wins the ending point yes. this week, it's just not even a, a, a class ball. And maybe this is now where we get into a bigger conversation where, like, Baelor is the superior episode to the Green Council, and again, it is not close for me.
3: I agree. I, I wrote this in my notes where I just have way more notes about Game of Thrones than I do about House of the Dragon because, yeah. you know, House of the Dragon really is kind of a, a, a race against time. They described it as a Hitchcockian episode. It's a lot more low-key. They're really just, you know, trying to locate Aegon. There's a few scuffles that ensue. And then they crown that asshole. And then uh, Malice and Rainie's make their entrance. Yeah. And that's it, right? If if the episode had ended with Rainie's being like Dracaris and getting a couple of the high towers off the board, then maybe we could talk about a competition between these episodes. Right. But that is not what happened. Instead, they just got hot dragon breath and she took off.
1: What do you think it smelled like?
3: Oh, probably so bad. Everyone's Just like really, always... like
1: really charred meats right. that have been festering for weeks.
3: Yes, everyone's always talking about how every how bad everyone smells. How everyone needs a bath when they get off the dragon. So yeah. I can't imagine that dragon breath, given that that is honestly what pe- they say to people when they have bad dra- breath. Bad breath yeah. is that they have dragon breath. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine it smells sweet. I wonder if the
1: people who work at the Dragon Pit is it part of their job to like clean the dragon's teeth and like pick Ooh. the food out and stuff? Because like I bad dental not. hygiene can get you, especially in the medieval times. I feel like that's
3: very true. I feel I, I remember some occasions. you think where that's why
1: Balin the Dread, uh, the Black Dread, actually ended up dying? wasn't. Was it old age? He just it like was his
3: teeth causing his heart to st- uh, Well, he had the weak he just heart had, of like, a woman.
1: He had a weak heart of a. <laughs> no, that's going to be Vagar someday, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh That maybe he had like an arm stuck between, like you know, and like his oh, back molar. Yeah, that had been there for like That'll half do it. a century. Mm-hmm. That'll
3: do it. I mean, I I remember some harrowing moments brushing my cat's teeth <laughs> that led me to. To never want to do it again. Oh, I thought Uh, you were supposed
1: to take the cat to the vet and say, all
3: of the teeth, take them. Yeah. Away them from me. (laughs) I wish I could. Mm. That's cruelty yes, uh, to animals. But I, I just imagine that on a ridiculously like 100 times scale is trying to get brush the dragon's teeth. Maybe that's why all those men that work there are so grizzled and burned. Yeah, they've just been brushing gr- dragon teeth
1: inevitably. Yes, I think that that's a big piece of it. Um, I think you're right. I think that uh, that the Green Council doesn't have a thing the way that Baylor has like the thing. Yes. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been having like sort of these high and low moments with this episode uh, and mm-hmm. like my initial watch of it. I was like really excited to dig into, you know, a lot of the themes and a lot of the story developments. I was scratching my head about some of the book changes that were happening in mm. the episode and eventually some of that like head scratching. I started like drawing blood. Because I realized that I was like oh. digging deep into my own brain. And I was like, oh, I'm getting mad here. And then once I realized that I was like scratching the part of my brain that makes me mad, I stopped doing that. Good. Uh, and I was able to like reactivate some of the things that I did really enjoy about this episode. And I think maybe sort of big picture wise, one of the things that I like about episode nine of House of the Dragon being, in my opinion at least, one of the weaker episodes of the season uh, is sort of my maybe hot take about uh, Mm. episode nine of House of the Dragon is, well, yet again, in another way, differentiating yourself from Game of Thrones. I appreciate this. You know, Game of Thrones is always going (laughs) to deliver you that second to last episode that is just a blockbuster. Uh And, And here I feel like, the best episodes of House of the Dragon for for me uh, were probably the two leading up to this one, uh, were, were Driftmark and um, The Lord of the Tides. Uh, so, like, part of me is like, okay, well, let's do it a little different then. Like, in a less snarky way, I think, LT, there almost feels like... Maybe we needed something that would have been akin to a Dracaris moment here at yes. the end of episode nine. Yes. But instead, we are going to just give you some hot, smelly dragon breath and fly uh-huh. off in our own direction.
3: Right. After murdering countless civilians. So many
1: of them. Yes.
3: So many civilians. who, according to one of the showrunners, don't count.
1: Yeah, they don't. No. Uh, they're so, just oh, oh. NPCs. You know. Right. They'll regenerate. They'll respawn uh, back at, uh, you know, somewhere in Fleabottom. Bottom.
3: Exactly, which is why you know Jamie was a hero for keeping the Mad King from killing all the civilians. But that's that—that's beside the point. No. Or why you know everyone was a hero for fighting.
1: Forget uh, that all
3: of the the Night King and everyone else and keeping the civilians ultimately safe. Yeah,
1: forget that. That doesn't no, really matter. They don't no. count. No.
3: Uh. So whatever. I I do think uh, because I really was expecting when I went into this episode. Whenever I go into any episode of House of the Dragon, I'm already like too hype anyway. I, I just enter it in that state. And so it can really only be downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, but I really, because this was episode nine and because of the precedent that's set by Game of Thrones and it's just straight fire episode nines, I was expecting something truly magical or ridiculous to happen I don't know if I thought maybe Viserys would get up and do the moonwalk mm-hmm. or if you know uh if there at, at one point I really did think that rainis would say Dracarys yeah uh because we saw Al- I mean I know that that's can't happen because you can't continue to have a show if you take all of the high towers off the board. You
1: theoretically could. It's just not the story that's being told, you know, that's being adapted right now would be an enormous swing away. Not to say that like the high towers are shrouded in plot armor by any stretch of the imagination, but like, there's clearly more to do with these characters right now. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And learning that this little, you know, thing that happened with the dragon wasn't in the book. And the way that they put it in the behind the scenes, the house that dragons built is that we were in the writer's room and we figured we had to do something. (laughs) Right. Because it wouldn't be an episode nine if we didn't do something. Yeah. And this is what we came up with. Right. And for me, it just, how can it ever compare to Baylor? How? Unless you're getting rid of a character.
1: And I and that's sort of where I've come down on the side of is like I don't think that there really was much that they could have done. Like maybe they could have waited until episode nine for Viserys to die, maybe. And then like the events of the episode nine that we ended up getting could have combined with what we're gonna get in the finale as well. And you just give us sort of like a supersized episode, and maybe like we can you know uh edit out like the 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 amazing race through king's landing you know portions mm-hmm. of the episode and like just you know the
3: amazing race. get
1: something a little leaner perhaps um but it's not what was done and i think for me i will go into house of the dragon season two with this lesson learned that i'm not going to roll up to episode nine expecting yeah. that that's going to be like the ned stark level event that right. maybe house of the dragons ned stark level event will happen at a different time which right. was for me, for my money, the one of the greatest tricks that Game of Thrones pulled uh, at one point during the the show's run, I believe it's season five is the hard home episode mm-hmm. and season five's penultimate episode surprise is that it came an episode earlier uh, that right. it was episode eight and it was like your anti penultimate episode. And It's like, oh, shit, huge White Walker battle that I was not expecting to get into. Yeah, and that was really fun. And I do think now for me, at least, and I would advise this for other people is like, the opportunity house of the dragon has by kind of like, I'm going to be harsh about it. And I don't mean it quite as harshly, but like shitting the bed a little bit with its episode nine, oh. uh, is that like, maybe don't expect your penultimates. Maybe expect the unexpected, as they say on a different reality show that I know nothing about. Nothing. Um, like go into season two of house of the dragon expecting on any given week, something insane might happen rather than waiting all season long for like the thing to pop off in that ninth episode. Um, So I, I think it's instructive in that way. And I think it's kind of helpful for me in, in certain regards.
3: I agree with you and I'm fully expecting things to truly pop off in the, in the finale. It, it seems like from what they've set up just from looking at the preview, by the way, Completely wild last week to have the preview just show us Beesbury dead on the table. I, I know we'll get. Yeah, it.
1: I tend not to watch the previews, uh, oh, so okay. I didn't know that they did that.
3: They did, yeah. I, it, it, you, you could tell he was dead. You couldn't tell how he died.
1: Uh-huh. But yeah. But you just, should have just assumed that Kristen Cole just crushed another skull.
3: Oh my gosh, I have a whole list about Kristen Cole that we'll get Great. to. cool. Uh, but I, I am based on. Not spoiling anything for you because you haven't watched, you know, what's going to happen next week. Yeah. But based on having watched what's going to happen next week, combined with a little maybe inside baseball from watching too many YouTube videos about the show because I'm obsessed It seems like there's going to be a big to-do at episode 10 and something major, major, major is going to happen.
1: I expect that's right. Uh, I I have seen the trailer for episode 10. Um, So from what I've seen, I expect that that's correct. I think that we will probably, you know, one of the things about Game of Thrones was your finales were a little quieter, or at least Mm -hmm. they were a little more falling action, uh, and that, like, the episode 10 of a season and the episode 1 of the next season kind of worked together to reset you. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the 10th episode, my guess of House of the Dragon will will do that and will like sort of like set us up for what we can expect tonally um, and, and sort of like thematically from a second season of this show while also delivering at least one pretty huge moment. Um, so yes. it, it'll be interesting to compare next week's uh, two episodes, uh, the, the finale of House uh, versus the finale of the game. Um, yes yeah.
3: but to your point, that is very instructive that we temper our expectations a little bit when it comes to watching Hot D in the future. Uh, and, and, you know, it's all management of expectations, really. But it's just, I I believe that the showrunners think that they gave us that big moment.
1: I think so, too. Yes.
3: And And for me, at the time of watching it, it was a really big moment, but diminishing returns. The more I, you know, watching the episode again, and the more I just look back to consider all of the ways in which Eve best as Rainey's has kind of gotten the short end of the stick in terms of her character development this season and how she just suddenly erupts from below to kill a bunch of civilians but do nothing to the people who are staging a coup? Yeah. What?
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of reasons that people have given as to, like, why that wouldn't happen. But I I almost, there's a part of me, and I won't say this very often, that wishes we were watching some later stage Game of Thrones episodes uh, mm. against House of the Dragon this week. Because mm-hmm. it feels to me in some ways a little bit more like that. of Like, what happened when Game of Thrones got wildly off script? play the blame game as much as you want of like who you want to assign that to the D's. Do you want to give that to George for not writing his book fast enough? Uh, Still not writing his book fast enough. All of that. Like, that's not really the conversation I care to have. But when we went off script is around the time people start feeling like I can see the seams. Tyrion's not as smart as he used to be, for example. Um, And I do think that there were ways in which this episode um, had like many opportunities to like adapt extremely, Extraordinarily interesting provocative um uh, twist and turny uh type of material from how uh, from fire and blood the book that this is based on and went in a different way uh yeah. and and made some other choices instead that I think some of them were really positive, and then I think a few others are like, I'm not sure why you didn't adapt that and why you did this instead. Um, right. I, I keep looking at, at Laris's storyline specifically for, for a lot of that. Oh, my gosh. Um,
3: Can we talk about that? I don't want to
1: talk about it too much more, to be honest with you. Really? It makes me really actively angry, and I'm not
3: really thrilled with what they did there. Um, Is whatever. that in the books? No. Okay, that's wild. That's no! a wild detail to add if yes, it's not in the books. correct. Because because Ger Martin has his proclivities that Correct. he gives to people in the books that are always sinister and odd. If not to a, yuck anyone's a, yum. Sure. I'm not of saying, not. you know, that having a foot fetish makes you a strong. Right. You know, you're not gonna go out and kill your father and brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just to see some feet, I hope. Right.
1: At least they're not linked. Yeah, yeah, necessarily.
3: But now we, we get the answer to why when he was in her chambers, just, you know, having a feast, waiting for her to, to come, she immediately takes off her shoes. Right. Uh. But the fact that that's not in the books, if it is,
1: it is like, a, it is a line that I do not remember. Uh. And I don't think that it's there. I don't think it's there. And that's the kind of thing where it feels like, now we're just like, now we're just thrown it out. You know, yeah. like it just feels like we're Game of Thrones and out. And so that's the stuff where it's like, I don't know. Uh, I, I get I get worked up about it. I'm trying to be even here, trying to chill oh, out. OK,
3: well, I, I so don't know ma- why you stole- came on a podcast with I got, me. I got so <laughs> mad about
1: it. I was watching it. And I was literally like, wait.
3: What? Uh, yeah. You know, he has
1: cooler stuff to do in this, uh, this moment in time in the book. So I don't love uh, what they've done with Laris. Uh, is definitely a feeling that I
0: have
1: at this moment in time. Um, but I also think that that does kind of go hand in hand. Ugh. Uh, it does <laughs> go part and parcel with. Uh-huh. Um, one of the other things that I think that you could compare these two episodes with LT is that what they're both named after. Um, Baylor is just very clear it's like yes. that's where he dies that's where he is yes. he is like in the like in like the heart of unknown territory he worships the old gods Ned Stark and here he mm-hmm. is like underneath the oppressive eyes of the seven getting mm-hmm. his head chopped off uh, surrounded by people who are not his people a nightmarish end for this man yeah um, and you associate it with that location with Baylor. I don't know that you will walk away from the Green Council thinking of this episode as like the Green Council where I think it, it could have been for sure. I think that there's a version of this episode that is like an actual legitimate bottle episode yes. that takes place in a room and has them all talking this shit through like sort yes. of to uh, the point of one of the podcasts that you're doing right now on PSR, the Flanniverse uh, the Mike Flanagan well, nope. <laughs> the Mike Flanagan
3: <laughs> The ne- Haunting of Mike Flanagan
1: We're not Mike calling Flannigan. it the
3: Flaniverse because it's mm-hmm not about ned flanders
1: no uh but the haunting of of uh of mike flanagan and the haunting of hill house specifically an episode that i'm a little hot and cold on but i at least love the the premise of is that um you know the, the the funeral episode yes exactly like there was like a very dialogue heavy really interesting version of the green council that could have played out here that instead it's like Uh, like a, I don't know how much time it actually spent. Like, I can't imagine it was less than than 10 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. And, and you're, you're totally right about that, Josh. When I saw that the name of the episode was the Green Council, and I saw in the preview, Otto said, No one leaves this room until we've essentially, you know, figured all of this out. I fully, fully, fully expected that to mean that what we were getting was an episode in that chamber that was going to be the the plots that bring disaster, the type of things that we look for when we talk about Game of Thrones and how interesting would that have been if it was just Alicent figuring out for the first time, first of all, dealing with what seems like at least some profound emotion, if not necessarily grief, Yeah, because even though her husband dies, woman refuses to wear black right? She's in green for, for life. Uh, she's dealing with some profound emotion having to do with the death of her husband. She's dealing with what she believes. And I'm still, I'm still hung up on her believing that with his last breath, after everything that we saw, Agon, or sorry, that we saw viserys do right in the last episode i know you
1: you were talking about this too of like the audacity to think it's your aegon but then there's a part of me that's like well why would she be thinking about aegon the conqueror she's she's not like obsessed with targaryen lineage the way and it's not
3: even that it's just like why would you think that he was talking to you you've seen him call you a different name you know that he was slipping you know that he was on his deathbed why would you assume that he knew who was even there when he, you were sitting on the side where he doesn't even have an eye? Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there. The point being that we could have gotten so much more out of those moments of Alicent being like, you know, in distress, not realizing that there was a coup. You know, in her mind, she always wanted her son to take over after Viserys' death, but not realizing that the people in the room that she thought she had equal power with namely her father was planning a coup the entire time behind her back right and getting everything in order not uh, you know i guess with the exception of um of beesberry and of sir harold westerly right those are the two real ones and one of them dies for it uh and you know, I want more of Olivia Cook screaming, say one more word and I'll have you sent to the wall. I want the interaction that she has with her father later on where she says, you've just been using me as a pawn this whole time Right to happen before she has custody of Aegon. And in this room, there are just so many great character moments that I feel like we missed out on because this episode is obsessed with with flea bottom really
1: well i think i i'd be really interested to know like what's actually what the conversations looked like to make this episode be the episode that we ended up getting which again like i know i'm really coming off rather negatively uh like there there is like a good amount of the episode that i thought was thematically interesting and advanced the ball in interesting ways yes um but like i am having like this moment that i have not yet fully been able to shake across all the podcasts of like but that's not how it is in the book. And, you know, so like there is a little bit of that guy in me right now. So I apologize for that. I'm sure that's insufferable for at least one of you listening to this, um, that I think for, That'll be okay. well, they'll be fine. Uh, for, for me, I think, um, part of me feels like they're like i can almost smell hbo notes on this to some extent of uh. like uh, of like upper brass like top people at the network being like not enough sizzle not enough steak if you're doing this in a single room um but i but i so like i don't know if this is so much like is this on like the people who are literally making house of the dragon first and foremost is this on some notes higher than that i just i don't really know um but i i do feel strongly that i think just about everything that's accomplished in this episode, short of um, like the literal coronation and short of everything that goes on with Rainey's in in this episode. Yeah, I think you probably could accomplish all of like the emotional beats Um like Laris asserting himself as somebody who is like someone to watch. Like, you know, he gets on Otto's radar in this episode uh, as someone who could potentially be an ally there and him playing the game between Otto and Allison. Like, that can happen at the small council. Um, right. Allison and her confrontation with Otto could all happen within the room. Um, I don't know about like the search for Aegon necessarily happening, but like maybe that is like the one side story that could be happening alongside a lot of uh, a lot of this uh, initial conversation. I just think that there was like a uniqueness that was possible here that was missing. Um, yeah, and like not to say that the truth is about Baylor, the episode of Game of Thrones. A lot of it is like, you know, uh, kind of uh, some of it's like filler straight up. Some of it's yeah. like not terribly interesting. But the stuff that's extremely interesting is just like on a different level than most of what we got here in, in the Green Council, I think.
3: It's, it's very true. I mean, we don't have an actual war that occurs. Yes. Like We don't get to see that scene of a war. But it's we, we get the lead up to it. We get the, the night before we get the way that people ready themselves for that type of battle. We get the aftermath and we get the triumphant Rob Stark, uh, you know, riding up to, to greet his mother. Uh, Like all of that is very intriguing in and of itself. Uh, the stuff at the wall—I guess I could have done without. Other than the fact that we get the revelation that Aemon Targaryen, Mister
1: Aemon is is a delight in this yeah, episode. Maester yeah, Mister
3: Aemon's fantastic, but I—I'm over John and his whining. I know. Uh, I get that he's young and he'll grow out of it, but I'll be glad when that. Will happens.
1: he? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, Will don't he don't? I don't want it.
1: I don't uh, want it.
3: And so. I don't know, even the, even the conversation that we get between Ned Stark and Laris, or Varys, sorry, everyone has names that are so similar <laughs> in Yeah, these shows, I know. and there's I know. so many characters. I know. Uh, when we get Varys having yet another conversation in the black cells with Ned Stark, even that is more intriguing than a large part of what we got in this episode and and that's not again for me to say that i didn't enjoy this episode of house of the dragon because i really did i just think that there are enough nits that can be picked that and and when you're comparing it directly to that's
1: the thing that's the thing. I a think you masterpiece. Can, you, you can have a really straight conversation about the Green Council and focus a lot on like, oh, this worked. This is great. This is ridiculous, but fun to talk about. Eric right. and Eric, like, you know, like, you yes. can really get, like, wait, what are those
3: kids doing in the fighting pit? Oh, my God. You know, like, the kids in the fighting
1: pit? We'll get there, the, I'm sure. The, <laughs> young,
3: the young Agon's bastard. Yeah,
1: like, just like, see, like, eating his crustless sandwich in the corner. I know, he's know, eating like, an
3: Uncrustable.
1: Yeah, you know, like, there's there's stuff to talk about where you're like, what? But I, I do think like the the purpose of this specific podcast, we are putting House of the Dragon against Game of Thrones every week. Right. Uh, some weeks were more focused than others, <laughs> uh, but I think like when you contextualize it that way, like when it's juxtaposed, uh, Baylor versus the Green Council, for me, it's like really hard not to have a conversation about just like sort of like. The two episodes philosophically and hist- and like where do they stand historically? Baylor will be uh famous forever. Uh yes. you know, Millie like already um, I don't think the Green Council will be infamous forever, necessarily. No. Uh, certain aspects of it, maybe for me, um, yeah. but like it won't be famous forever. It's not a historic episode of House of the Dragon for me. Um, Driftmark is closer to that. Um, and last week, The Lord of the Tides, I think, is closer to that as well. For,
3: for sure. Driftmark, just Chef's Kiss, you yes. know, like watch that episode, I think, four times. That's how much I loved it. Uh, this one, it was a little bit of a struggle for me to watch twice. Yeah, the first time I watched it, really, really enjoyed it. But after having seen Baylor, the the wheels start to spin a little bit more, and then come off, <laughs> uh, come off the trolley. Uh, and and there's a bit of a problem with the stakes. Just you know what the stakes are, especially if you have an entire episode wherein Rhaenyra is being supplanted. And Rainier is not present.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: see, actually I don't I don't
1: necessarily mind that aspect of this. Uh, like I think Rainier and not being here and not getting a vote is like totally the point. Uh yeah. so there's, there's no a- that,
3: that part makes sense from yeah. the actual coup. point of view that they would have to do it so quickly and so swiftly before news even got to Rhaenyra that her father was dead there's already a new king crown
1: right and I think like structurally too like you know to hammer that home to then like when you're done with the episode and walk away with it and be like Rainier wasn't even in that one like I yeah. think that that works that actually does totally work for me like the yeah. decision to have Rainier completely Emma Darcy much as we love them and would love to see them on this uh this episode of the show as we would with any episode of House of the Dragon at this point um I think it was a wise decision to have them be completely missing from the narrative to have their uh to have like the strong boys and Damon like everybody yeah. completely gone because They are powerless in this current moment. They're not where they need to be uh, to stop this from happening. Uh, And so to just be focusing on the people who are yanking the crown away uh, and taking this thing. I do think that that was wise. So yeah. that aspect of the vibe of the episode, uh, I really, I really, really liked. And I think that with Game of Thrones at this moment in time that we're in in season one, you know, some form of a coup is also being staged here. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's been like a little bit more like spread across these past couple of episodes than it was as like the focus of Baylor. Uh, and yet even even still with just like it's the crowning moment of baylor that one sequence uh, at the sept of baylor is just like altogether just like so much more captivating than the entirety of like the will they won't they uh, of the high tower heist
3: for sure and the the having to go from place to place to look for where aegon is too takes away i mean i think that there's so much that happens in that room with the actual green council that could have been explored more. I mean, someone dies there and they just let him bleed out. Right. Uh, They, they're, they're not dealing with some of the bigger issues just because they can't find the person that they're trying to install as King. But I would have been for me, for my money, if you give me more time in that room with those people meeting, and plotting if you give me more like if you give me more time with even laris and just you know we see what happens with him and how he's exerting power as opposed to just seeing that poor man hanging from the rafters right. uh which is just kind of literally a fly-by situation something that Rainey's notices when she's being taken uh, taken out and give me more Allison and Rainey's what a great scene that was a good scene that was those are two actresses that are fantastic that are really giving each other the solid truth of of how the world as they see it and Rainey's in my opinion coming out on top even while she's being kept prisoner
2: Let's do
1: superlatives, LT. I think if we start doing superlatives here, we can talk about the rest of both Baylor and the Green Council, and then we can clean up anything we didn't hit um, once we start closing this thing out. So um, we typically save these for the end, but we already told you, uh, you know, 20-some-odd minutes ago that I think the ending of Game of Thrones wins this week over House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. as does the episode generally. I think those two points go in the column of Game of
3: Thrones this week. I agree.
1: Um so then let's do where do you want to go? Uh maybe you want to do King's card? Uh As, oh my God. I I think, and again, I blame you and Mike Bloom for this category's existence. Uh, <laughs> I think if this, if it hadn't been for if it wasn't for you two meddling kids,
3: uh-huh,
1: uh then we wouldn't have to be where we are today. Uh, you'd
3: love it. You love I us.
1: I do love Come on. I love you both very much. Uh, um, I think it's gonna it's gonna to have to go to House of the Dragon. The Kingsguard, Jamie Lannister, uh Lord Commander of the gets Kingsguard, captured. he gets captured by a boy.
3: He gets captured by a boy, but can I just say, and I'm sure this'll come into come into uh more we'll talk about this more as we get further into the categories. But even though house of the dragon wins this week i cannot fully put into words how much i hate the character of kristen cole he's the worst yeah do you want to
1: try to put it into words considering the medium that we're operating in
3: yeah i will so uh one of our twitter followers charles hatfield specifically reached out to me (laughs) to say i should use my platform to inform people that just because Cole rage-killed Beesberry doesn't mean that his previous on-screen murder wasn't a hate crime. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I've been saying to anyone who will listen that Kristen Cole committed a hate crime that it is only backed up by his little festering laugh that he gives during Driftmark. He calls Rhaenyra the C-word for daring to refuse to give up her birthright as Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, to run away with him to Isles Unknown. But there were
1: oranges and cinnamon.
3: Uh-huh. There can be orange and cinnamon delivered to my door as queen.
1: Wow. Do you have Seamless ed- in Westeros? Yes wow
3: yes i do amazing uh yeah it's a it's a very uh draconian kind of seamless Uh, we used to
1: joke about uh (laughs) druber the dragon uber uh back in the original game of thrones podcasting days i don't know that druber eats existed yet
3: no Uh, mm -hmm. druber always eats yes uh and then we've got him in this episode being like every woman is is the mother uh you know like of the the mother of the seven gods religion it's like shut up also he tries to physically attack Rhaenyra. the heir to the iron throne still mm-hmm. keeps his job yes rage murders beesberry in front of the entire council <laughs> yeah. and just is there leaving...
1: a way to murder someone that isn't a rage murder yeah it's just like a really calm murder uh-huh. yeah i guess that I, exists i saw sure. one
3: in halloween ends
1: Oh, thank God that you've <laughs> finished that sentence. <laughs> I was so concerned for a second. Yeah. Oh, no. Because yeah. I know you've seen some shit in your I day, seen some LT.
3: Shit. But yeah, not, never a quiet murder. Oh, uh, so yeah, Rage murders Beesberry, and everyone just leaves that poor man's body to bleed out on the table while they continue to, 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 to conduct their dastardly deeds. And then he pulls a knife on Sir Harold Westerling, who is sure. his sub... Superior at the time until he pulls uh, Sir Barristan and is like, screw this. Take this cloak. Let me know when there's a king and I'll come back.
1: Yeah. So if uh, Sir Barristan is Grandpa Joe, which I Uh know is his dairy girl's name, but I have to think about Willy Wonka, Mm -hmm. Uh, is, uh, is Harold Westerling the other grandpa? Was it Grandpa George? Sure. Is Grandpa Joe? Uh Grandma Josephine, Grandma Georgina, and Grandpa George, if I'm not mistaken.
3: That sounds right.
1: I'm just gonna double check my math on that that I got everybody. I wanna make sure. I know that it has nothing to do with math. Yeah, I got him. You got him. Got you, Grandpa George. Got Here him. You go. Ernest Ziegler, uh Ooh, as Grandpa George.
3: Doesn't sound yeah. ominous at all.
1: No. Werner Ziegler. Uh,
3: <laughs> but yeah. Uh to put it in words. Kristen Cole is a total F boy and mm-hmm. a complete wanker. And yes. he is one of the worst characters that the Game of Thrones universe has ever presented us.
1: In his early days, you know, who knows what could happen next. Um, you know, something terrible. Kristen, Kristen Cole, I will, I will say, is um now that they're now that he is like revealed to be a little bit more. I I'm I am at least appreciating that the show is really going for it with him. Uh I was really concerned that he was just sort of like Prince Eric his way through House of the Dragon season 1. Uh yeah. and instead they've like they've unmasked him and I and I I think that that's strong. I think that that's a good move.
3: I um, love that they've managed to find like pomade or some kind of whatever hair product he uses uh-huh. even way back when and that he and Damon never age.
1: No. No um fabian frankel who plays him i think is great by the way like i think i think he's excellent i think he's he's, wonderful he's really really good i i look forward to seeing more from him moving forward he's a great instagram follow actually did Uh, you
3: see the uh the bean girls uh story that he posted so someone someone did a meme of him that was like a meet his picture on the on the burn book and it said kristen cole is a fugly slut them. Uh, oh it's it's taken directly from Mean Girls. Yeah. And so he posted that on his Instagram stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he's enjoying it. I think
3: yeah, he is he's having and a I, good and time.
1: I'm sure that he and the show will both relish the opportunity to like give us a new shade of Kristen Cole at some point in time. Uh, mm-hmm. and like if that day comes. They better earn it. And it's possible. You know, the writing on these shows can be very, you know, elegant and, and smart and all of that. But sometimes it's not. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see. But yes, he sucks. He's, you know, to spoil it, he's going to be my LVP this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty easily. Um, but I mean, uh,
3: sometimes the, Allison's got a lot of freaks on the leash. But she does. In this episode, LT, jamie lannister gets captured he does. Uh, and you really don't get much else
1: from the king's guard uh this week other than that in game of thrones and here in house of the dragon kristen cole does his queen's bidding uh, He crowns
3: the king he
1: crowns the king he grabs Aegon. he's able to get him in 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 time uh and also you know let me give the how about this uh Eric and Eric can split the the Kingsguard point this week as well. Okay. They, they can share in on it a little bit. They're uh, used to sharing,
3: being mm, twins. Yeah. Uh, I love how Grace has helped us to determine which one is the one that's on which side. How? Uh, Eric. So it's Arik and Eric. And yes. Arik with an A uh, is an asshole. And so he is on the side of Allison.
1: I would have just gone for A for Allison. <laughs> i don't know why we had to bring assholes into this
3: well because it's more fun that way
1: oh gosh i hope the out of context account isn't listening oh no that's not a great quote uh <laughs> in any context i don't think uh yeah so eric and eric i know uh they weren't rob's favorite we had a fun time talking about them on the podcast with rob uh but uh,
3: rants great on that podcast
1: incredible stuff Happy birthday, Rob. Uh, Happy birthday, Rob, indeed, as we are recording this podcast. Uh, We hope that you all wished Rob a happy name day, and if you didn't, we've been watching.
3: Sir Uh, Ilan, bring me their heads. Bring me
1: their heads. Bring me their Twitter (laughs) accounts. Um, Okay, so a point for House of the Dragon when it comes to the Kingsguard this Mm -hmm. week. Let's talk about the queens. Let's talk about Alicent versus Cersei this time around LT. One of them loses total control over their child and results in the execution of the Lord of the North, of the Warden of the North, uh, the Lord of Winterfell. The other one installs her son on the Iron Throne.
3: Yep. I mean, it's pretty obvious for me that this is an Alicent win. Uh, It's unfortunate because you know Cersei does such great work just period on Uh the show yeah but this is not a great episode she takes an L here this is not what she intended to have happen and she's not able to control her son where at least Alicent is able to find her son first and keep him out of the clutches of her dad and try to whisper sweet nothings into his ear in the form of how about you don't kill your sister mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna go with Alicent on this one
1: i think it's a pretty easy Alicent win as well uh though uh cersei's uh cersei's like sort of uh meltdown in the moment i've got a lot to say about the baylor lineup uh Ooh. just every, every individual person's uh, we'll get there when it's a little spicier okay. uh every, every individual person uh in uh in in that scene uh just plays their roles perfectly uh, really do. great stuff yeah so i know we ran into some confusion last week everyone did when it came to the battle of the princes this used to be uh Damon, uh representing right. house of the dragon going up against joffrey uh but joffrey is indeed the king now so he has shifted out of this category and I don't entirely know who we should be measuring on Game of Thrones now. Because if we are measuring Tommen, like, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we really? doing, you know? And even if we are measuring Tommen, then he's got, like, no real right to be on the board this week. But Damon is missing completely as right. well.
3: But there are other princes that are present. Mm-hmm. Robb Stark is technically a prince.
1: Yes, as I, are
3: all of the other Stark boys.
1: Well, they're not really; they're little lords. Yes, but but, like, but if, if you
3: think of it as as
1: the prince of the, the north king right of, now, yeah, the, yeah. If
3: Ned is the king of the north until he's not, yes. Then yeah, Rob is technically for this episode. I don't know how this is going to work going forward at all. So if you <laughs> if
1: well, we have one more episode, and then uh, right. when whenever we make it to season two, we can reevaluate the whole rubric. Um, right. But let's stay consistent for now. I'm fine to give this to to Rob representing the Game of Thrones side of the line, and it's a really great episode for Rob Stark. This is like the is. The, the move that Rob becomes known for, as far as being someone to like take seriously on the battlefield. Exactly.
3: He wins one out over Tywin Lannister. I know, yeah. I'm happy to give it to Rob Stark. I'm not gonna finish that sentence.
1: Cool, great. Uh, <laughs> the Prince in the North. The Prince in the North. We'll give it to him this week. So that is going to be another point for Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones versus House of the Dragon. When I'd given my point last week to Otto, I know that there was some confusion. That's because I was still looking at Ned Stark as the Game of Thrones hand of the king. And dude's in jail uh, on his way towards being executed. And also, when he's in jail, like he's kind of being like shady to the one person who's visiting him and giving him water.
3: It's so like, he's like, you could yeah. die down here without this man. Come
0: on. Yeah,
1: like, be a little grateful. Just a, like a true Stark to the end. Um, but we seem to have shifted it to Tywin as of last week, so I will, I will roll with you all on that call. And if that's the case, one of these people, one of these hands loses a major battle and gets his yeah. son kidnapped and yeah. also would have gladly watched his other son get murdered on the battlefield.
3: Happily. Uh, and no, then, no, Squire puts him in the vanguard, and then the other one sees
1: the the culmination of decades of whispering into the right ears uh, pay off, even yeah. if he isn't the first to reach Aegon, where that may have been make or break for Allison That's a small setback for Otto High Towers, sort exactly. of like he. That's what he says to her: "Is like this is a cute game, like what a contest." I know. Uh, you know, it was it was a blip on what was otherwise like. It's no longer an A-plus day. It's Mm -hmm. an A day. And then it's probably like a B-minus day, I think, when Rainey's shows up and takes a couple of points off of the quiz. Uh, Uh, But for me, like, I don't know. I think this is a clear victory for
3: I think it goes to Otto Hightower. I think it is a little bit weird, though, when Allison is just openly angry with him and he goes, you know, in some lights, you're the splitting image of your mother.
0: Oh,
1: yeah.
3: It's gross. Gross. What are you You doing, Otto?
1: Not particularly great behavior. What are you doing America. with that?
3: What are you smoking on those scrolls?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You were telling me that apparently people on the Internet are saying Otto Hightower is living up to his name. Both the the high of Hightower as well as the green of uh, House Hightower. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's rolling scrolls up in a way that looks like he's rolling J's.
3: Exactly. Didn't, uh, didn't it, know that. It definitely exists and i am more than happy to share it with you okay uh yeah
1: i did, i'd be interested to see the memes let me check the memes okay so you've sent this to me uh in uh, oh yeah no he he's rolling uh he's rolling a scroll the way that like uh i i've, I've <laughs> seen many people in my day
3: <laughs> i i've out. never been in the room with that mm-hmm. kind of yeah. uh you know thing sure I, I, i've never even seen it yes or know it but when you've i watch a lot it. of movies but i've watched a lot of movies yeah. uh i watched how high at a uh-huh. young age so i understand <laughs> sure
1: yeah that's what he's doing it's,
3: it's what he's doing uh and We've you know what better time to smoke a jay than when you carry off a successful coup
1: yeah like, oh man hell yeah yeah um, <laughs> good for otto good for me. um Is weed legal in Westeros? I don't know. Probably not. If
3: you're the hand of the king. Doesn't matter. Yeah, anything is legal. Anything
1: goes. Uh, This week, we get Rhaenyra versus Daenerys. Rhaenyra is not in this episode at all. And Uh, still wins. You think so, is what she'll say.
3: Listen, Daenerys in this episode is out of control. I get that she... Is upset because Cal Drogo is basically fall is falling off of his horse uh because of a wound that he inflicted on himself, which she entrusted a woman who had been brutalized by his people to fix, right? And then she's just yelling at everyone, you know, bring her here to me, right? Get her to do this blood magic, do whatever you can. I don't care. Uh, I am still the the Khaleesi. It, it's just like, lady, get it together. Mm-hmm. And then she does the one thing that she was told not to do, which is enter into that tent while the ritual was going on. Right. She ultimately not only loses Khal Drogo, but also her unborn child.
1: Correct. But- also what happens as a result of this, you know, series of dominoes that she's kicked off is she's going to emerge from that fire next week with three dragons.
3: That's very true. But we're talking about this week.
1: That's fair. <laughs> and so you think that all of her actions while in the episode are are, uh, are more strongly negative than the complete lack of Rhaenyra Targaryen in this episode of House of the Dragon.
3: You know, Sometimes tough decisions <laughs> have to be made. It's
1: true. I'm not feeling terribly I, passionate about this one, so I'm I happy know, to, I'm don't happy feel to too go in your direction. Either.
3: I really don't. I don't feel too passionate about it either. But I I feel like Rhaenyra is at least just trying to get all of her kids in one place and under control and that woman's got a lot of kids by now. Yeah. Um, you know, she she had she's just coming off of a victory that she's won. And she doesn't need to be in this episode because people are plotting against her. But Daenerys is just openly bringing about her own end.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, fair. 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 And she did even have the opportunity to go to a shy with Jorah. Right. Um, I mean, I think that there's a part of me that's like. She she has uh she has lost a lot to get here. Uh right. her brother is dead. She is feeling powerful for care the first about time in forever. She didn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's feeling powerful for the first time ever. She doesn't want to just like run away again. I get that. But it is it it does all hit differently when you know the full shape of uh where her story is going. Um so That's true. I'm good. I mean to I, name,
3: yeah, I'm it it'll be a whole nother thing next week. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Next week, because, she, you know, as you say, she does gain three dragons, and they're the first dragon anyone has seen in, what, hundreds of years? Yeah,
1: in a minute. They're yeah, so. Wild. The dragons are dead, said uh, Kotho. Exactly. Well, if you just lived, like, three more days, sir, you would have found out. <laughs> You have to round, but you didn't find out. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So then the only other category we have yet to score this week is the clash of the Kings. Uh, and so now Joffrey has ascended. He has taken over from King Robert. And now Aegon has ascended as well. It would seem he has taken over from uh, his father, from from Viserys. Uh, one of them gets crowned king in this episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the other... Goes Buck Wild and uh, <laughs> demands the head of a political opponent who he could have spared just as easily. Um, it's also like a, like a devastating thing to do in front of his children. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, especially in front of Sansa, who he knows is there. Like it is a horrific, horrific behavior. And yet, and yet, it's iconic. It's iconic behavior, LT. Can
3: we award and a...
1: I am absolutely out here stumping for Joffrey. Uh, you always are. 100%. You love Joffrey. I love it when a villain does villainous stuff exceptionally yeah, well. He
3: does it well.
1: This is <sighs> the, the best villainy behavior that you get up to this point on That's Game true. of Thrones.
3: He's just... Unbelievable, and he's giving the crowd exactly what they want. He is Uh, like, he is like giving into the bloodlust. He loves to give the crowd what they want, even after his death.
1: They have the soft hearts of women, but you out there got the (laughs) hard hearts of men. Yeah, all of you, even the women. He gives them exactly what they want. He makes the move that is completely independent of whatever everybody else is telling him to do. He announces himself as a king not to be effed with. He ends up being, you know, like the scummiest worst. And he's already being the scummiest worst king that we've seen in a good minute here with this move. But it's like completely in his control. And it is iconic and legendary for like all of the terrible reasons. And if you want to feel a little bit better about this LT, Aegon is a piece of shit.
3: Oh, no. That's he's what done, I was going to say. He's done he horrific
1: a... things. And even just in this episode, he's like a coward. He's hiding oh, away. And he's so afraid. He wants nothing to do with this. And that's fine in and of itself. But also, he has an illegitimate child who he has just left in a fighting pit.
3: Uh, can we award a double loss?
1: No. No. Someone yeah. has to take a point here, and I it's got to be Joffrey. I, it
3: has to be Joffrey. I don't. I know that Joffrey cuts off Ned Stark's head. Like if Aegon was like a good dude, Aegon's a terrible. person. It would be a different a conversation, but he sucks. Yes, he's a. And and Alicent is just fully putting all of her backing behind this terrible son, even though she knows exactly what type of person that he is. Mm-hmm. I, I guess we have no choice but to stand, <laughs> Joffrey yeah <laughs> i mean listen that's what you don't doing. have to stand you're standing him you love him
1: i'll has gone cold uh okay <laughs> uh so i think that joffrey has to has to take this one lt i just don't really see another possible path i, I know yeah, he i mean killed ned stark and that's yeah. great behavior it's, especially because he terrible. kills him using uh his weapon of choice and killing ned stark is another human being uh right. like that's you know like uh you know, especially if like we're doing the compare and contrast internally within Game of Thrones. Uh, first and yeah. final impressions of Ned Stark. You know, him beheading somebody, the king's justice, him carrying it out himself. Right. Uh, contrasted with Joffrey, like you do it is just yeah, chef's kiss.
3: I mean, the Lannisters are always hiring other people to do their dirty work. They're mm-hmm. the the antithesis of he who passes the sentence should swing the sword. Um, and I just I can't stand Aegon. Like he, first of all, he looks like he doesn't get out much. He's like the palest of all the Targaryens. Yeah. He is just an utterly terrible person. He's awful to Helena. He has all of these illegitimate children that are just sitting around eating their Westeros Uncrustables Mm -hmm. while in a fighting pit with other children. And, you know, he's spending a lot of time with the White Worm. Being hidden yeah. by someone with the worst accent in all of Westeros.
1: Missaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, she's back on the show doing some whispery things she's here doing this week.
3: something, but no one can make out what it is because of that ridiculous, mm. is it Jamaican question mark?
1: I don't know what, what, what Sonoya Mizuno is doing. Uh, where is she
3: supposed to be from? I believe she's from Lee's. I think okay. to that's look not the, how people from Lee sound. <laughs> uh
1: I don't know. I don't know where she's where's I think that she's from Lee's is uh Miseria.
3: Because wasn't mistaken. that woman that was the handmaiden to Daenerys from Lee's?
1: Um yeah.
3: And she just sounded like a regular British person and Sonoria uh-huh. Mizuno is British uh Yes. Well. A dancer
1: from Lise. A dancer I, from Lease. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure what they've done there, but they've done choices. I, they've made they've done made decisions. I um, hope they
3: I hope that what happens is she pulls a little finger and she just has a different accent every season. Oh, I
1: thought you were gonna say uh, an Elizabeth Olsen, uh Wanda Maximoff.
3: <laughs> yeah, or an Elizabeth Olsen. That would be fine yeah. too. She just loses it.
1: Um, all right. So you and I get to award some MVPs and LVPs across House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones this week. Oh, just to give the, the score update as well. Um, House of the Dragon is still leading Game of Thrones, despite the fact that you and I agree that it was a better episode of Game of Thrones over House of the Dragon. It's 35 House of the Dragon to 31 on Game of Thrones I think it's gonna be hard for House of the Dragon to not win uh, the head to head season one battle, which feels weird to me. It um, does
3: feel weird. We maybe we've got, we got a need lot to add, to to add to some categories working. next
1: week to just yeah. Uh, to just, I'd like, be happy uh, to add the... some
3: categories anytime. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of we we can we can do uh we can do uh best introduction. For like in, they, they introduce a character because that's mm-hmm. been happening a lot, a lot lately. Sure. Um, you know, the battle of the spy masters between Missaria and Varys, and mm-hmm. I guess Laris fits yeah. into that picture too, okay. and so does Littlefinger.
1: Maybe we could do a we could if if people want to write in Game of Thrones mm. season one versus House of the Dragon season one. We can also do special category fan opinion. Uh, what do the listeners yes. have to say? Would love to hear from you. So G O T yeah. at postshowrecaps Dragon at postshowrecaps You could talk to us in the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord as well. Patreon.com slash post show recaps. You can tweet at us. I'm at Rand Howard. Latina's is at L K at post show recaps. All of these are acceptable ways to let us know which uh season you have preferred and we will we will log those votes uh we can take them into account as well uh as we go into this final push um but let's do some mvps and lvps i need your help here i think we're i'm certainly giving Kristen cole an lvp point is a very easy one for me this week i don't know if you were going to go the same way
3: yeah i I was i for all of the rant above
1: hmm um so that that's pretty easy the
3: MVP. although allison week, is a close
1: lvp for me see here's the thing so i was trying to think of like who is mvpable this week uh and i i'm struggle bussing a tiny bit with who to pick i think i'm ultimately picking rainies uh is yeah. where i'm going because yeah. she is able to like go and get her dragon and she like is. she should have been stopped uh, but she wasn't, and she, she was got, able to do that. She
3: got separated from uh, the uh, Eric, and yes. uh, she was just able to sneak away during this from this crowd. I mean, I guess those murder cloaks or crime cloaks really do good cover. Yeah, they're really great cover.
1: Yeah. So uh, she,
3: you know, covering up that very distinctive hair is important. So yeah, she doesn't stand out in the crowd, and she's able to. She knows this place very well she grew up there uh so yeah
1: i think she gets i think she gets my point i don't know She gets
3: the point even though she doesn't barbecue those people and feed them to her dragon
1: is she getting your point as well she is so are we just double stacking here double stuff
3: i feel like we just are of the same mind about things this week
1: my gosh okay all right. Well, we've got then uh, some interesting stuff happening in the hot D MVPs. We've got a tie for first place at this mm. time. Uh, it is uh, Rainey's with two points this week, ties her with Rhaenyra Targaryen
3: uh, with plus five each. That's not confusing.
1: It certainly isn't. Uh, Kristen Cole, meanwhile, getting two LVPS this week, uh, is going to walk away with negative six right now. With Aegon the Elder nipping at his heels, uh, the Aegon the whatever they called him, new King Aegon, Aegon the uh, Second, is currently at negative three. Uh, is where he stands. So let's do the Game of Thrones points then, Latanya, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can do it. I don't know that I can give Joffrey an MVP point. Um, no, even though, even though it's like uh, just a tremendous performance no. and it is like iconic stuff, uh, his victory is getting the King point this week. And yeah. indeed, to temper that a tiny bit, I'll give him an LVP point. I mean, yeah. he's, he shouldn't have done what he did. What he did was great.
3: I have a couple uh, in mind for LVP. One of them is Joffrey. I have someone in mind for MVP though.
1: Um, do you want to talk through MVP? Sure. Sure. Who do you got? Who's I
3: have Rob Stark.
1: That's who I'm currently at as well.
3: Really? Yeah. Well, (laughs) there we go. I mean, it's just he is very young. And the Starks are not supposed to be known for their smartitude. Uh huh. but he is a pretty brilliant tactician when it comes to war, it turns out.
1: And I was thinking about, uh, you know, what what Gia was saying about, like, honor and integrity being, like, an annoying, boring way of playing Survivor, which I thought was great, (laughs) uh, and definitely should be, uh, you know, applied to much of the Starkian behavior, but, like, Rob does kind of, like, veer off script from time to time, ultimately to his uh, final detriment, Um, but here, like, he sent 2,000 people to their deaths in order to get the Kingslayer. And then when the Kingslayer is like kind of like throwing out the honorable way to do this, of like, let's do this trial by combat style. Rob Stark's like, no way, bro.
3: Right.
1: I, I got you fair and square. If we do it your way, I'll lose. Exactly. Uh, so like to know yourself that
3: well, right? You know, yeah. is a goal. Especially when you're that young mm-hmm. uh, to know yourself that well and to be mirroring the words of, of your father as well when you weren't even there to hear them. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you're. There's not a scratch on your armor. You've chosen your opponents wisely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I give it to Rob Stark because he's able to carry off this victory against one of the most fearsome players on the board, Tywin Lannister. Yeah, and he does so, you know, while listening to the wisdom of his mother.
1: Yeah um okay well i think we're both we're still on the same page here it yeah, seems like. weird uh so we're both giving <laughs> rob stark a point yeah uh the prince in the north um okay then who are you gonna give your lvp points to i'm locked in on joffrey it's between
3: uh, joffrey for me and walder Frey. is he in this episode he he is introduced in this episode along with shay god that was that was in
1: Baylor, huh yeah that didn't happen in the, the episode before this one. Uh, I completely forgot that. I think I watched these two episodes so quickly together that oh, I completely okay. missed that this is the one where Walter Frey shows up. In, yeah. Which and- is like, as if we needed another excuse to put this episode ahead of the green. Council. I know. <laughs> like you're inter- <laughs> introducing not. this, like this, the one of the scummiest of scumbags. Exactly. We got frayed. Uh, we got frayed. Uh, Yeah, he should probably appear on the list if you want to just, like, throw one to Walter Frey. I'll throw
3: one to Walder Frey. There's going to be so many more opportunities to give Joffrey an LVP point. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he could get two next week pretty easily, I think. Uh, Pretty, pretty easily. Um, Okay, well then, so now the MVPs on Game of Thrones have gotten interesting, uh, have gotten rather competitive. Mm. Uh, Tyrion Lannister is still the leader, but only by a half point. Uh, and he is uh, just ahead of a three way tie following Tyrion between Arya Stark, remains Mm -hmm. eligible next week, Sirio Pharrell, ineligible next week. Rob Stark also has three points. Okay. Um, in the LVPs, it does appear that Ned Stark will take the L. Uh, yeah, even without accruing any further LVP points, we didn't give him
3: anything this week because he, he went through enough. You know, negative, he's negative, definitely not an MVP. He's he negative,
1: negative six overall for oh, Ned, for Ned Stark. We could give Joffrey two points next week, and he's still not gonna catch <laughs> Ned. Ned's yeah. the LVP of season one, which feels he wrong. Feel no, wrong.
3: I, I, it feels kind of right, actually. <laughs> it, given all of the mistakes that he made, and the fact that he was just a dummy about things, the fact I that know. he. T- he I know. Give Cersei that letter. Like, don't hand the only copy of your letter to the enemy. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, I get it. And yet, you know, without Ned, you don't have show.
3: Without Ned, you don't have show?
1: Without Ned, you don't have (laughs) show. You know? (laughs) It's hard for me. Yeah. Words. (laughs) (laughs) And now you don't have show. Uh, Anyway. I I love show. I think I love show too. I loved this show. I had fun this week, even if we were a little more like, "eh, get off my lawn on that's, this episode, but
3: I think it's it important happens. that we have to do that. We, you know, we can't all be sunshine and lollipops I'm, I'm all still the time. The, I'm
1: still, I'm still, you know, uh, really happy that the show is on and I'm yeah, having a good too. time talking about it too. I think it brings up a lot of interesting conversations and mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, great appreciation for a what they're able to do with their performances, especially. And sometimes the writing is really, really good. Uh, And then other times it's like, ah, I don't know why you did that. Uh, and that's exactly where I landed this week uh on the green council. I do think it's my least favorite episode of the season. Pretty yeah. Sure. I, I, sure. I don't
3: know. I don't know that it's my least favorite episode of the season because I wasn't too big of a fan of the hunt episode.
1: Oh, I liked that one quite a really? bit. Really? mm mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I, yeah, I was not like celebrating the birthday of a child, Aegon the Conqueror babe. Yeah. Why? why? He won't I think at that it. time
1: for me, because, uh, I knew where Viserys' story is going. Uh, uh, that he, he was not going to be here for a very long time, and to yeah. have like sort of that like uh, that long dark night of the soul with Patty Considine in that role was like one of those moments for me where it's like, gosh, he's so much better as Viserys than like the way he's written in the book. Like oh, he is bringing right. so much humanity to this character. Where like I'm not ready to forgive him for everything, but at the same time, like he's in pain and yes. it's palpable. And yes. so a, a lot of that was uh, I thought really excellent. the performance
3: and it, was great. And I I was still savoring Patty the Millie
1: Alcock of it all. You know? Yes.
3: Oh my gosh. I I, I miss Patty Considine already. The man was has been dead for essentially five to ten hours and the all hell not has broken. Sorry, yeah. yes, the, mm-hmm. the character, characteris has been dead for you know ten minutes and all hell has broken loose. It's
1: what we were saying, uh, you know, he's gonna leave the room and then like the dinner falls apart and exactly. it's like yeah. Well, what,
3: what, what do you think is going to happen to the realm?
1: Right, exactly. No roast pig for the realm. Um, that's gonna do it here on the versus pod. Of course, this is the end of House of the Dragon week nine coverage, but we've got one more week still to go. We'll have the finale recap from Mike and Grace coming your way Sunday evening, early Monday morning. Then we'll have the book club get back together to talk about the finale. Then I'll get together with Rob. Then LT and I will get back together to talk about the two season one finales side by side. And then we've got some plans for things to do once the season is wrapped. We're done talking about the final. Final episode. We'll give you a little extra House of the Dragon coverage here on post show recaps before we close out for the season. LT is at LK Starks on the Twitter bots. What do you got going on? Tell the people what's up.
3: Well, the We Got Y'all crew has got y'all. Uh we are covering the final, final, final season of Atlanta. Me, Mari, and Chappelle. And that has been a lot of fun. So thank you all for listening to that. I'm also working with Ariel on uh, The Haunting of Mike Flanagan. We just finished up The Haunting of Bly Manor. We're heading into Mm -hmm. uh, Midnight Mass with an amazing special guest. Our last couple episodes will have special guests uh, that you'll find out later. They're surprised. I'm also uh, working on Andor with... DM Philly and Brendan Fitzpatrick, and we are having a grand old time talking about what is the show that I look forward to after this show the most.
1: I look forward to Andor so much every week. Uh, yes. My my week isn't complete until I've watched Andor. Uh, and I w- I'm loving House of the Dragon, but I think what Andor is doing is really, really, really good. It's really it's good so stuff. It's so good, and people
3: yeah. are not talking about it enough because it's being overshadowed by Hobbits and Dragons.
1: I get it. Star Wars fatigue and stuff. Uh, if you're enjoying House of the Dragon specifically, I think you should check out Andor. Yes. Uh, you know, you don't even have to have seen anything. Like, you can have Rogue One in your mind if you want, but it's maybe even it's better if you n- don't. um you know i think you need to know like uh that the empire was terrible and took Mm -hmm. over the star wars universe for a long time before a certain skywalker shows up uh but i think like that's basically all you need to know and then you can just watch andor and it's like very morally ambiguous oftentimes and unclean uh and really just good very good good. very very confidently made a really great show
3: well. And if you're really into the world of spy novels or just spycraft in general, if you like the Bourne movies or the Americans, I definitely recommend you watch Andor. And then finally, you can catch me this week on Post Show Recaps Theater with Grace and Ariel, where we covered Halloween Ends. Nice. It's is supposed to be the end. Uh, it's the end of that three movie uh, it won't be the final arc. Halloween but it, No, no. They're no going to re- revamp it in some way, shape, or form. They always do. But uh, we discuss Halloween ends, and that one is a banger, too.
1: Yeah. You know what my pitch is for uh, a future Halloween movie? Mm. Bring Jamie Lee Curtis back as Michelle Myers, uh, and we <laughs> and we do it a totally different way.
3: You're gonna have to you're gonna have to give Jamie Lee Curtis about a billion dollars I watched a great interview with
1: her uh, <laughs> that that came my way. She was on the red carpet for something. I think she was talking to Variety, where she's like, haven't eaten, haven't slept in like four days. <laughs> uh, I'm just here doing my job, going from one thing to the next. And then tomorrow maybe I'm gonna be like, Oh, right, I have a day now. Uh, yeah. She's done. She She's seems done. pretty finished.
3: <laughs> She's very done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she seemed very done in this movie too. Uh and this was sure. the gentle, I, I won't give it away, but this yeah. was the gentle murder that uh that I was referring to the earlier. Gentle murder? The gentle. Say? No, i we were talking gen- about that too. Gentle, uh-huh. gentle murder. Yes. Not to be confused with the gentile.
1: Uh uh-huh. no, that's also a thing that we don't want to do. <laughs> no. uh, all right. Well, follow Latanya for all of that stuff. You can follow me. I'm at round howard i'm mostly retweeting what we're doing on post show recaps which is to say a lot you should be subscribed to the main post show recaps feed so you don't miss a single thing we do but you can subscribe to all of the individual feeds that Latanya has just mentioned whether it's atlanta star wars post show recaps theater we would love to have you on for all of those so please give a subscribe to those podcasts and of course this very podcast the house of the dragon post show recaps podcast feed we'll be back next week with more about the final episode of season one can you even believe it lt
3: i really can't no uh this has been a blast and i'm already dreading it coming to an end because it means that i don't get to hang out with you every week i
1: will figure it out okay we'll find a way um all right folks that's gonna do it we'll be back next week talking about the two season one finales until then everybody take care bye-bye
2: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks